0: Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI TV and in beautiful audio on AMIplus.ca. Hearsight and Micro OLED have partnered to create a pair of augmented reality glasses for users who are deaf or hard of hearing. Among other things, the glasses provide real-time subtitles. Marc Aflalo has more of the details. Mark is the co-host of Access Tech Live. Usually you'd hear from Mark in Montreal, Quebec but not today, Mark is in Miami, Florida. Hello, Mr. Aflalo. Mr. Brown, how are you doing? I am well, I'm going to ask you Florida questions at the end of this interview to find out if you are a true Florida man, but let's talk about these augmented reality glasses. How does the real-time subtitle technology on this device differ from existing assistive technologies?
1: Well, uh, uh, existing technologies for, you know, the deaf and hard of hearing include things like hearing aids, cochlear implants, you know, standalone subtitling and transcription services. The Hearsight technology actually integrates a real-time text to speech or speech to text in this case, conversion that's displayed directly on the lens in front of you. True augmented reality. Now, the goal of this approach is obviously to provide a more immersive experience and something that's a little bit more direct without the obvious, you know, cachet of, oh, I'm wearing something or I'm actually doing something to assist me. So it allows the user to actually see subtitles in their field of view, making communication a little bit easier and somewhat more seamless and natural, some would say.
0: Mm. What about some of the other features? that are being integrated in this partnership.
1: Well, I mean, some other features include the entertainment side of things. And for people who are not necessarily deaf or hard of hearing, imagine being able to overlay information, text information on your daily life. If you're a cyclist or a sports or an athlete, um, you can get real time data and analytics in your field of view. Uh, Imagine any kind of experience that you want to see some kind of analytics, but don't want to take your eye off of what you're looking at, whether it's, you know, I I tend to stick with the sports world because that tends to be where you're curious about, you know, Travel, for example, or speed or telemetry, for example, but anything that you could think of that would be fun or interesting to have in your field of view without taking your attention off anything else could be an application for this because just like any other piece of AR technology, augmented reality glasses, you know, these can display anything in your field of view so that you're looking like you're looking at a subject, just like I'm looking at you, but I could be reading a script that's coming on my on my lenses right now.
0: What are some of the challenges here for developers as they're putting these,
1: as they're putting this technology together and going through the testing phase? So with this device in particular, because it's listening for audio and transcribing that, one of the biggest challenges they have is active noisy environments. So if you're watching a movie, obviously that's a case where audio is fairly well balanced. But if you're at a concert or you're at at an event or just imagine a conference, a noisy conference, and you're trying to have a conversation with someone for it to pick up just the voice and distinguish that. Mm. That being said, there's a lot of technology and a lot of research and development going on in technology that allows it to really pinpoint the audio in front of you we see that this day and age in modern day headphones the other thing is real-time processing because they don't want this bulky headset on someone's head they have to really shrink down the processing and the battery life yeah. to work together to make something that actually is a little seamless on your on your head and doesn't look like you know a quest 3 for example
0: Looking beyond this trial phase and this development phase, what are the long term goals for Hearsight and Micro OLED in terms of scalability and getting this product to market?
1: Well, definitely, you said scalability. That's the number one on their list. They need to make sure that they can scale this at a rapid pace and reduce the costs in the process because they want to make the technology accessible to anybody who wants to get it. You know, so they don't—they don't want it classified as this assistive technology device. that's going to be you know six, 000, seven thousand dollars out of the gate. So affordability is the second on that list, which comes, of course, with the scalability and the ability to create something at a scale at a, a good price and accessibility. You know, continuously improving the technology to accommodate a broader range of hearing impairments, for example, and other disabilities as well, if you could think of it. Yeah, absolutely. Trying to think
0: beyond sort of just one individual test case, yeah. but serving a multitude of people. Mark, really interesting here. Obviously, it's the test, test phase. It's the initial phase. But certainly, there's, there's a prospect here, and they've identified a clear need. And there's a lot of people who would probably really enjoy having real-time subtitles uh, being offered up in front of them. Uh, for me, as someone who's legally blind, that's not the case. But there's a ton of people who, even as it stands, just love to use subtitles on anything
1: they're doing in regards to entertainment. You know, I joked about the script example, but having a teleprompter built into my glasses would be really cool for for this or someone who's a content creator and wants to read a script in there on YouTube, for example, or just somebody who's presenting on stage. Imagine they don't have to worry about a prompter being, yeah. you know, mistimed or on the floor or something. And think about the educational uses, you know, they could use this in an educational setting for someone who's in the class who might be hard of hearing, give them a tool that doesn't make them stand out, you know, so there's, there's lots of applications here. I could see them go across the board.
0: Mark, there's a correlation here between this conversation and what you have lined up for Access Tech Live today, because you'll be exploring some assistive technology
1: for people who are deaf or hard of hearing. Yeah, we're going to be talking all about over the counter hearing aids and really hearing aids in general. We want to discover a little bit more. Alex Smythe is going to be joining us. Obviously, if anybody watching this show is familiar with Alex, <laughs> he's going to be joining us to talk about his experiences. And we're going to get into the conversation. I really want to, I, I've still got some great stories about my experiences helping my mother in law through this battle um, in Quebec. It's extremely expensive. Across the border, it's a lot cheaper. So we're going to try to figure out why that is. Okay, that's at noon Eastern time on AMIT Access Tech
0: Live. Again, normally you'd be out of your studio in Montreal, but you happen to be in Miami, Florida right now.
1: Why Miami? So the the long and short of it is that uh, there's a teacher strike going on in Quebec Um, uh, for good reason. Teachers are extremely underpaid and they want better working conditions, not only for them, but the students. So they staged and announced a three-day strike, which coincides with a ped day and a weekend. So it ends up being six days in a row that you're trying to entertain your kids. So we uh, very rapidly (laughs) hopped onto Google flights and uh, found a really inexpensive flight down to, we actually flew into Fort Lauderdale, but we're staying in North Miami um, with the kids just for a couple of days, just to kind of rest and relax and let them hang out at the pool while the weather goes down in Canada, it goes pretty much steady here. It's my understanding
0: that generally you want to fly into Fort Lauderdale rather than Miami Internationals at stand. So there's probably some serendipity there yeah. for you on that on that plan. Uh, Mark, you know, you're down there for U.S. Thanksgiving. You're obviously a technology guy. Black Friday is tomorrow. Are you going to be in That's line? At, are you, yeah, are you going to be there in line at 4 a.m. tomorrow to shove somebody into Best Buy?
1: Absolutely not. No, absolutely I'm staying so far away from it. I've been warned. We've gone to the mall a couple times already, and they've said, you might not want to come back here on Friday. I'm like, don't worry. We have no intentions of going anywhere near a retail location on Friday. We have dinner reservations. That's about it. So it's going to be pool, relax, dinner. And I will do some shopping On my trusty iPhone.
0: (laughs) The old trusty (laughs) iPhone. Hey, Mark, thank you so much for taking a little bit of time. Always appreciate you stopping by no matter where in the world you may be. Have a great show at noon Eastern time today and talk to you next week. Thank you, Dave. That's Marco Flalo talking to you from Miami, Florida. Noted Florida man, Marco Flalo, the co host of Access Tech Live. You can find that show noon Eastern time Thursdays on AMI TV. That's about uh, an hour and 35 minutes from right now. So start the countdown. A little bit longer down the road is The Pulse on AMI Audio. This weekend on The Pulse. Have you ever heard of. Oh, there's a long word here. I gotta I gotta look really close to make sure I get this right. Ever heard of effective able nationalism? I have not. juita Gupta will explore some research behind the concept with Anastasia Todd of the University of Kentucky. Well, that I know. That's go Wildcats. That's the Pulse weekends at 2 p.m. Eastern Time on AMI Audio or on your favorite podcasting platform. Coming up next, the creator is available on demand. Michael McNeely will share a review of the sci-fi action film that I've been meaning to see and I missed it in theaters, so I'm kicking myself a little bit. But first, here is the Paris Sport Update with Greg Westlake.
2: Hello, welcome back to the Paris Sport Update. I'm Greg Westlake. We opened in Egypt where Canada's women's team captured the silver at the 2023 WPV sitting volleyball World Cup. The second-place performance also punched the team's ticket for the 2024 Paralympics in Paris. In Santiago, Chile, the Pan american Games opened on the weekend, and Team Canada wasted no time reaching the podium. As para-swimmer, Ruby Stevens won Canada's first gold on day one of competition. Also on day one, two athletes demonstrated that age isn't a barrier to success, as 66-year-old para-table tennis vet Stephanie Chen won bronze, while 16-year-old para-swimmer Fernando Liu brought home silver. Chan is the oldest member of the team, and Lou is the youngest. Canada added to its medal total when Nathan Clement and Alexander Hayward both rode to gold in paracycling, while teammates Mike Sumetz and Charles Moreau secured bronzes. In the pool, Tyson McDonald has two bronzes, while teammates Jordan Tucker and Emma Van Dyke have one. On Wednesday, Kyle Tremblay aims for bronze in the men's compound open event in para archery. As important as his advancement, Trombley's performance so far has assured Canada a quota spot for the men's compound open for the Paris 2024 Paralympic Games. The games will continue all week and can be streamed for free on a CBC gem. And that's our time for this edition of the Paris Sport Update, presented by AMI-audio. Check back next week for more news from the world of adaptive sports.